0: Ladies and gentlemen welcome to the show my name is tim doyle and this is project sports enjoy the show ladies and gentlemen welcome to across the pond podcast euro 2021 or 2020 whatever you want to call it we're off here firing It's been a couple of days of awesome soccer, footy, football, England off to a great start getting a win this morning. I am ecstatic. The team is playing great. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Welcome back. Thank you for listening to the show. Today, we're going to be going over the Euro, the Euro 2021. Um, Yeah, the last episode we did was called Julio and Friends, and Julio decided to make his decision. Or if the Atlanta Falcons did for him, he got traded to the Tennessee Titans. That's going to be a scary offense. We'll talk about that a bit. And your Boston Celtics are out of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about the Celtics down the road and see where we can go going forward. We have an entire summer to get to that and see what happens with Kemba Walker and returning players and contracts and all those good things. But for now, we will talk about the Euro 2021 and... Before we begin, obviously Christian Eriksson, a player of great talent on Denmark, collapsed yesterday. Uh, my wife and I were watching the game, and I was in shock. I, I had thought he passed away right on, the, uh, right on the field. It was an insane moment. Um, I'm so happy that he's stabilized, and he's he's good to go. Uh, Simon, I don't know how to say his kejir, I think is his last name. He's from a fellow teammate of Christian Eriksson, actually cleared his airway. Uh, for CPR by the time the medics got there and they started pumping. He started CPR after he cleared his airway. Probably saved his life because it was about 45 to 55 seconds before the medics actually got to him and every second counts of not breathing and he started to seize in the field. And just a demonstration between Finland and Denmark and how they handled the entire situation, whether or not they should have suspended the game till today, they ended up finishing the game a few hours later. I think that was only because you know, everyone found out he was, he was okay. He was doing better. Obviously it's still a tough, very, very tough situation, but you want to go in and play the game and, you know, play it out if you can. And I'm, I heard, I heard that the players were the ones that decided from Denmark that they wanted to play the game and finished off that day. Finland ended up getting the victory and a one nothing win. Um, It's just, as far as breaking down that game, it's hard because of all the antics and things that happened during the game and how it resulted it's it's tough to really break down that game but finland ended up uh scoring their first goal in the euro that was, th- this was their first appearance in the euro and they got the victory um, we'll talk a little bit about italy starting out strong we'll talk about england who won this morning against croatia and austria and north macedonia who just came to an end in a 3-1 victory with Austria and I was making a prediction about that game actually we'll start out with this one here since it just ended and it's fresh in the mind North Macedonia uh, w- was tied with Austria pretty much until the 63rd minute of the game and then Austria just they ro- they rose up and, and took over and made some great plays and David Alaba with a c- beautiful cross over the middle and just they took them out in the 78th and the 89th minute. Uh, it was it was a beautiful game. I, I really enjoyed it. I really, North Macedonia played hard and kept it level. They were looking for that 1-1 win and getting that draw. I was talking to my friend the other day. I was telling him a little about North Macedonia, how they're, they're a resilient team. They had beat Germany back in the fall, and they're a good club. And they came to play today, and they just couldn't hold on. Big tournaments are tough, and Austria... People were kind of unsure of how they were going to play, and they proved today that they can play with the big boys, and we'll see how they do next match against, I think, the Netherlands they play in the Netherlands. So that's going to be a tough matchup for them. Um, Russia is exactly what I thought they were going to be. They lost to Belgium 3-0. Belgium put on a clinic, clinic, and Roman Lukaku is coming off a great season in Serie A, uh, leading Inter to uh, winning the league title, and he was just an absolute beast and played right on form uh, in this game. Belgium was excellent they moved the ball well and they just they i want to say they called russia's bluff but russia what they had tried to do in the previous world cup it's, it's not going to work now in the euro you know a couple years later their players are getting older their style has been figured out and belgium just has even without uh, kevin de Bruyne, they are well versed in 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 good talent and playing well and they 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 kicked the crap out of them they played extremely well um, you also got Wales and Switzerland. Who I mean, that was a that was a great game. It was, ended up being a draw. Uh, Wales, as expected, you know they played well. Switzerland also played well. It was a very back and forth game of who was dominating possession, and it was a, a a fun game to watch. I think, in my opinion, it was it was very good. Uh, Switzerland definitely definitely had an edge for sure. Like they definitely held the ball more, and they were in control of the game more, but Wales definitely took advantage of counterattacks and, and stuff like that. And now for the big one, the game I want to talk about the most. England versus Croatia. I was gonna last night, I was gonna come home from work and come out with a podcast about the preview of the game. And I say, you know what, you know, let's get the reaction of what it is. I mean, there's there's so much content out there for the preview of the game and you know what to expect and all that kind of stuff. And really I would be excited if England won and I got to talk about it. So I, I was like, hey, let's 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 pick this here. The starting lineup. Let's let's go with that first. So obviously, no one knew the starting lineup until you know just an hour before the game, and um, very very uh, different than what I think most people thought. You know, Pickford obviously starting in keeper. I mean that was a, pretty much a shoe in But uh, the back line, as far as Karen Trippier, uh, Mings, Stones and Walker, uh, I, I could definitely see Walker being the number one choice for the right back. And with McGuire out, I like Mings. Uh, Trippier is kind of the the one that he played in the World cup. So I think that that's why he got chosen. I think a lot of people will be shocked with that because they thought Ben Chilwell and he's a left footer would be on that side. And, and I think that that's what people thought the midfield is really what got it, you know, is uh Phillips and, and Declan rice um, played, played the midfield and Phillips, he showed up to play man and he played forward. Most of the game really making an impact and had a lot of energy. It ended up being, he ended up being man of the match in my opinion, uh, and he played outstanding. That energy, he was taking it to Luka Matric and some of the other midfields and dominated. I mean, that's, I think, personally, why they won the game or had mostly control of the game as well. Uh, Phil Foden, Mason Mountain, Sterling, and Harry Kane up top. I thought early, the first 20 to 25 minutes, they just absolutely dominated. Harry Kane was kind of invisible for most of the first half, and he got involved a little bit towards the end of the first half and then a little bit in the second half. Uh, I just think that it's been a long year for Harry, and he's maybe he's not coming back with the Spurs. Might be a lot on his mind. I also want to point out that a lot of these players on this team also played with uh, Ericsson and from Denmark when they were on Spurs together. There's a lot of Spurs uh, teammates on here that have, that know him personally, and it, it may have been tough. Maybe it been a tough day for him, but he. It didn't matter. He still had some great back-to-the-goal possession soccer and was passing to Mount and Foden and Sterling and feeding them. So he did his job at the end of the day. He wasn't outstanding. He missed a, a goal that maybe he should have put away. He ended up hitting his head on the side of post. It was a great game. Harry Kane played very, very well, uh, but not as you know star-studded as he should have been. I will say that's my only knock is he he probably needs to step up and take over and get another goal because scoring two or three goals would have been awesome, especially making a statement towards Croatia. I'll take the one nothing victory. Getting three points and going into this game against Scotland, they have next is huge. Now, I've, I do want to talk a little bit about the Scotland game that is coming up because I lived in England for about three years and the, the rivalry there is so real, and it really doesn't matter on paper what the teams are stacked up against not not to be held lightly but I also think that Scotland has a very good team um uh, but they play the Czech Republic tomorrow and we'll find out if they're going to come away with three points and and really start to feel cocky coming into this game against England and what it will be like they have a lot of talent on that team it's not like this is just a normal Scotland team and you know they've just got players that are they, they qualified for the Euro this year and they've got Andy Robinson who's there he's pretty sure he's the captain and he's one of the best defensive left, left backs in the league and also offensive offensive minded There's Scott Tomini, midfield from Manchester United, uh, Billy Gilmore from Chelsea who I don't know if he'll play he's a young player but they have got talent all over the place and, and can really push England to a really good game and I think the atmosphere would be great. I do think England is better on paper and have more depth and have more options. But here we are, uh, and this is going to be a great game, and I feel more comfortable with England going into the game with three points already. And let's see what happens tomorrow with Scotland and the Czech Republic. And maybe to give a little bit of background on people who don't really know how the Euro works, I'll give you a quick breakdown. They break down the teams into groups, four teams in each group, and they have A through F. And whoever pretty much after three games has the most points, the two top teams will go through, and then maybe the third team will we'll go through as well into a knockout stage of 16 teams and then you have one game and it's you know do or die situation. That's kind of how the tournament works. And it's being played across 11 countries in 11 cities across Europe. It's a little bit different than normal. Usually there's a host nation or a dual host nation, but this time it's being played in Rome and London and the Netherlands and Belgium and all different places across Europe. It's, it's, it's a pretty cool atmosphere. I actually like this idea. I think they should continue to do this. They did it mostly for COVID reasons to play near your groups but i also think it's a great idea going forward to you can still involve a lot of different teams every single year and have you know building um, a a culture of people visiting your city to be able to enjoy these games so not just one team or one city is going to be to- hosting the entire thing and not only that it's europe is an easy travel you can pretty much get anywhere within three to four hours or less on a plane you can travel and make these things part of your your trip. And it is a, a fun tournament to watch other than the World cup. The Euro is my absolute favorite with all the European teams and clubs really going at it. Um, group F as we know is the group of death and with France, Germany and Portugal. We'll be looking into that. Those games are coming on later uh, in the week and so for now, England stands with three points in the group, leading the charge as we watch uh, the Czech Republic and Scotland play tomorrow, and Croatia is now uh, with zero points, and it's it's big. This is a huge victory for England, coming in strong. They played really great, the first 20, 25 minutes, like I said, and they progressed uh, pretty much balanced, I think, through the rest of the game. As I always watch... Uh, uh, British people after the BBC or whatever is on or available on YouTube, but I can see them talking about their team. They're always usually pretty negative. They're hard on their team for the most part. They do tend to look in the negatives, but they have a really good squad. They have a really good team. and They have a lot of depth to look forward to. They made the semifinals in the World Cup and they were one step away, one goal away from making the finals of the World Cup. This team is a great squad. They have the potential to win this entire thing. Um, I did send a list out to my my buddy I was talking to him yesterday and he's like, hey what do you, who do you think is going to win the Euro uh, as far as the big clubs is normally what I go for because you can't really pick unless I don't know you've got massive insight and you're watching one of the younger you know one of the younger teams one of the smaller countries and you know for a fact you know XYZ could happen. It's really, really difficult. So you go based on who's got the best team and was, you know, what's best on paper. And here, here's my list of who I think in order of who actually will win the Euro. So without further ado, the teams that I have in order of who I think will win the Euro 2020 or Euro 2021 uh, is going to be. Let's let's go backwards here. I have got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams on this list. We're going to go backwards to from eight to number one so in the eighth spot I've got the Dutch the Netherlands they have a chance to win this thing it's far off I don't think that they're as good as they could be or as good as they were in the previous World Cup and I think it's also due to some of the other teams just being a lot better and more prepared to win this tournament uh, Spain Spain always has a chance so I put them in this I didn't want them to put them too high but Spain always has a chance. They are going up without Sergio Ramos this time around, and their team has changed a lot. But Spanish football is Spanish football. They put out players, and they become stars on the big stage. So we will see. Germany is also the same way. That's why they're at my number six spot. Uh, Germany, for me, is a team that can always win these big tournaments. You may not like or know the players or think that the players stunk in the past. Like in the World Cup, we have a lot of returning players who didn't play so well in Germany. But Germany knows the game well. They know how to win these big tournaments, especially internationally, and that's why I'm going to put them in that spot. Number five for me is going to be Belgium. Belgium without KDB, uh, they're a good team. With KDB, they're a great team. We don't really know if KDB will actually be part of this tournament or not, or the, will the injury linger throughout the entire tournament. That's why I've got them at the you know at the five spot. Uh, for me, number four is going to be England. Uh, I really would love to see England win, but I'm not going to be a homeboy. I'm not going to, you know, root for the team. I mean, pick the team I've been rooting for since I was a a kid and really learned to love the game uh, when I was about seven, eight years old when I watched David Beckham play and Steven Gerrard and Frank Lampard and all those guys. And then in the number three spot, I've got Italy. And the reason for that is in the last... What was it 28 games they've been unbeaten uh, in international play in the last nine they have won the last nine matches that they've played they've got a great defense they've got no stars on the team everyone's playing together and I remember there not being too many stars at the point where it was just Buffon in the 06 World Cup now a lot of people are like there were so many stars yes they were made into stars but they were not really well known until the World Cup passed and everyone knew who they were afterwards Italy is like one of those like Germany as well. They're just they know how to play soccer and they have a, their unique style of the way they play and right now their defense is cooking and we saw in the 06 World Cup that defense will can win you an entire tournament like this. And number 2 is Portugal. A little bit of a controversial pick for most people, I think, but Portugal just has the talent and the players to to pull this off if they want to. They have struggled internationally together as a club, but I think their players individually have even gotten better as far as Bruno Fernandes leading Manchester United or Cristiano Ronaldo playing on a what I think is a bad Juventus team. But for me, Diego Jota and a lot of the other players on this team are talented. They've got players all over the place from top to bottom, offense, defense, and they are positioned to be in a very good spot to win this tournament. They have to get out of the group stage roster are in the group of death, but I don't think that that's going to stop them. I think they will perform, and I think all three of those teams will end up getting out of the group stage into the knockout stage. And for my number one, of course, you must have guessed it by this point because I haven't mentioned this team at all, and it's the World Cup winners, France. It's theirs to lose, in my opinion. It's France's Euro to lose. They are of the most depth, the most talent on their roster they uh, are well poised, they play well together, they've got the chemistry, we know what they are, they just won the World Cup two years ago, and they're ready to make it happen again and dominate all of Europe. Now, I was talking with a friend yesterday, and we were talking about how it's, it's theirs to lose. The only P- team that can beat France is France. If they, we know what they are on paper, and we've seen it you know, out in the field in an actual big tournament. There's, there's no questioning what they are as a squad. And now we are going to see if they can run it back. Is just like Spain has done in the past, where they won a Euro and they've won the World Cup. We'll see if they've got what it takes. It's it's hard to do, but it's theirs to lose. And I think that France is, has the number one chance of winning the Euro. All right, so let's specifically get into the England team, the England roster. The uh, I do have a lot of uh, fans of the show who live in England who listen to the show and i'm gonna speak to this team and what i think of the team that you know southgate put out I, i've been critical of southgate for a while now coming out of the World cup and then into the qualifiers and a situation with trent i mean i am a liverpool fan i'm just going to put that out there but at the same time i think just the entire fiasco in general is not something you want to have uh weighing over your team as you're go- about to go into a major tournament and that, that sort of thing but things have seemed to have been corrected trent obviously got hurt and couldn't play in the euro And things have moved forward. And a lot of people have a lot of opinions on England soccer. Who's going to start for them? And it's very controversial of who's going to start. There's a lot of talent in England. And how they're going to be positioned. And how they're going to play. If they're going to have a a back four or three. Or whatever they decide to do. And today we saw, uh, obviously, with Phillips playing in the midfield. Who played out of his mind. And was such a great pick. Calvin Phillips was just... An amazing pick to put in this this lineup and will we see it going forward or will he switch things up based on who they're playing i think calvin phillips was literally put in there today and maybe can continue to do this but to disrupt the midfield and if he can play like that with a high energy for the rest of the tournament why wouldn't you play him and there are a lot of karen trippier can take free kicks and so can mason mount mason mount almost scored off one today karen tripper had karen tripper had a bad one um, you also have Harry Kane that can take free kicks so i know some people like uh ward prowse as being a midfielder on this team but and then you even got down to Declan Rice can also take free kicks as well you got a great great corner kick um people on the field as well so i'm just I'm, I'm not convinced that this is the only lineup that they can come up with but this is a really good lineup and they and they proved today that they could play well together i'm just impressed about how team England played and the way they overcame coming out of the gate really firing on all cylinders and then kind of having a lull and then getting the goal through the lull and then closing out the game I mean this is huge this was not against just any normal club this was against Luka Modric and Croatia a team they lost to in the semifinals this brings back they were probably very motivated for this game I mean Perisic and Kovac and Modric I mean these are these are top players around the world and they really stuck it to them and came out and made a statement early I mean that's all you really could take from this game yes you won one nothing would you have liked more goals of course this is a great opening match for for this team and, and going forward and this could really propel them maybe into moving up my list by the time the knockout stage because once we get to the knockout stage I'm, I'm probably going to make a, a new list or the final 16 teams who who has the best chance because The teams get put in certain sides of the bracket and who they have to play and you're going to you have to reassess there's it's very difficult to pick a winner from the from the get go, especially in the group stage, because you don't know how things are going to play out where one team could play, you know, two monster teams and one of those teams are going to get knocked out Two of those teams end up getting knocked out and it could be the one that you choose based on what was the road to the final and it's, it's very, very difficult to win this tournament, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with Team England and how they progress through the tourney. But thanks guys for listening to the show. I'm just gonna cut it short here. I do have another podcast episode coming out today with a very, very close friend of mine, who is actually my brother-in-law, Doug Fahey will be on the podcast. And we're going to be talking about a little bit slower paced show We're it's going to be chatting about, you know, maybe some sports a little bit here and there. But also we've got some nerdy stuff that we grew up and talk about our friendship and things that we've gone through together and all that kind of stuff. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be a Project Life episode. I really haven't explained. I, I kind of put graphic art out for it. I guess I'll explain a little bit. The Project Life episodes are just going to be Anything with the ones that you've heard in the past, whether it's someone coming on the show promoting their business or whatever they're doing in life or just someone coming on the show that wants to have a chat about maybe a little bit about sports, but then also about you know, you know how I know them or what's going on or they want to promote something, come on the show. We'll talk about it. So do you guys ever want to come on the show too? If you're a fan of the show and you've got something you want to promote and you want to have a chat with me, we could do a little interview style. We'll, let's get it. I mean, just just message me on Facebook uh Instagram anything like that The project sports pod is the Instagram project sports on Facebook just find me there send me a message say hey what's up you know I want to get want to talk sports I got this new business coming out and it has deals with sports but that's what project life is all about Um, and then also uh, I got my close friends that come on the podcast and we talk about we talk sports on just the normal project sports side of it and it should be good thanks guys for listening to the show comment like subscribe to all the the channels that we have out there for everything project sports Thanks.